Well, we just finished talking about all the inflows. And in this case, net inflows for U.S. listed ETFs has already been beaten the, the 2020 total by a billion dollars. And this is according to CFRA. So to find some more opportunities here in ETFs, Dave Nadig's with us, Director of Research, ETF Trends. Dave, so what's going on? I mean, obviously, we've had a lot of news and headlines. What are you watching most closely? Well, you know, it's hard not to look at China today, right? I mean, it's been the story for the last few days. China's crackdown on Internet companies, specifically those focused in the education market, has had some real impacts in China ETFs. Now, China ETFs have been a real success story in terms of flows until the last few days. We had about seven and a half billion flow in so far this year into China ETFs. Uh, one in particular, KWeb, the Crane Shares Internet ETF focused on China, really got hammered as the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, put these measures in place on really two specific companies, TAL and GOTU, that were big holdings of this fund. So the problem here is that that's now kicked that fund down from its all-time highs back in February, down almost 50 percent since that high in February. Now, the interesting thing is, as the market sort of dealt with this information over the last few days, we have seen nothing but inflows. So investors, while they're seeing this bad performance, recently are actually really reallocating on the dip. So we always talk about investors buying the dip. Here's a case where we have, you know, a, a day after day, hundreds of millions of dollars flowing into these funds, tracking what looks like a pretty beleaguered sector of the market. So when you look at what's going on here, right, and we talk about crossing 500 million in flows for the year, basically a record, right? Um, and we still have five months to go. How do you think people are feeling? What's the, the sentiment is so important. And people, are these long-term allocations? Yeah, I think I think they really are, right? So we're at about 510 billion so far this year. Whether we cross a trillion this year, that'll be an entertaining number. But you know, they're just round numbers. What we're seeing though is these aren't investors necessarily chasing the latest fad, right? We talk about a lot of ETFs that get a lot of headline push, things like ARKK from ARK Invest. Obviously, we've been talking about that for a year now because it's been so volatile. But if you look where all that money's actually going, that 500 billion, most of it's going into pretty traditional low-cost indexed products, right? The S&P 500, 20-year treasuries, global bond funds, global equity funds, pretty straightforward allocations. So to me, that means we have a lot of advisors and a lot of investors that are really in this for the long haul. In terms of the equity market, obviously, it's just been huge flows all year, hundreds of billions of dollars flowing into the U.S. equity market. But that money is very sticky because there's frankly nowhere else for it to go. We just had Mark on talking about folks sitting on cash. Well, most investors yeah. aren't. They're sitting on stocks and they're hanging on to them. Yeah, well, you make a great point that, you know, giving us some of these stats here, when you see this amount, right, um, it, it's big. And so the question is, what drives folks to still feel like they want to put money to work. What about inflation? Are, are we worried about that? Or is that transitory? We're talking about it a lot. But for a long-term investor, how much does it really matter, particularly on your ETF performance? 
Well, the biggest issue for most investors is that inflation just erodes your buying power, right? So most investors are saving for something, whether that's college or retirement or to buy a house or go on a great vacation. If that college or that house or that vacation is a lot more expensive when you go to take that money out, that's how inflation hurts. So it's important to be covering inflation at a very minimum. And obviously, you want to be accumulating past that. Most investors are looking at bonds and saying they just don't think that's going to happen. That's part of why we see so much allocation into equities, because that risk premium you get for being in equities turns out to pay off on the long run. We also are seeing a lot of interest in inflation beating ETFs, or at least those that claim to do that. We've seen a bunch of money flow into tips, obviously. That's a pretty tough sell for most people. You'd have to put a lot of money in tips to make that your big inflation play. Instead, what we've seen is some pretty solid allocations into commodities. Broad-based commodities are just absolutely on a roller coaster, but it's pretty much just going up the hill at this point. So people are talking about this being the beginning of the next commodity super cycle. We've seen a lot of flows into commodities ETFs. My favorite in the space, Invesco's PDBC, uh, a great ETF that doesn't give you any weird tax forms at the end of the year and kind of just gives you broad exposure. Historically, that's been a great inflation play. So we've seen a lot of interest there as well. Mm. All right. So we'll have to look that one up. I mean, what's your overall investment strategy here? I mean, ETFs are always a good way for people to put some money to work. Do you have a big picture strategy, particularly? I know we were talking about China a little bit. There are some worries about regulation and how that causes some volatility in stocks as well. Yeah, I think the the watchword here is diversification, right? Uh, you know, there's always going to be geopolitical hiccups. Um, if China is a few percent of your portfolio, then this doesn't bother you too much. If you've been making a big call on China, then you could be in a little bit of trouble. So how do you avoid that? Diversification. So by all means, have some exposure to China, have some exposure to commodities, have some exposure to stocks and bonds. Don't overweight to the point where you're significantly exposed to a surprise move. Move. That's the point of diversification. If you are nervous about the markets moving from this level, these all-time highs that we're at, there are a lot of products out there to help you manage that risk. Whether you're looking to just extract income from the market, something like uh, JP Morgan's uh, Equity Premium Income Fund, JEPI, I think does a great job of that. It's actually a lower risk stock portfolio that's actively managed paired with some call writing that generates some income. For a lot of investors, that's been a nice way to thread the needle between being nervous about stocks, but not being all that interested in what the bond market has to offer. So I think something like JEPI is a great fit for a lot of investors. Right, overall. And then what's the final takeaway? I mean, is there something that has served you well as an investor over the last 10, 15 years that you say, you know, I have a certain place in my heart for this because... I, you know, as much as I'm interested in all the newfangled stuff that we talk about every day, you really can't go wrong with focusing on the things you can control, which really are your costs and your executions and your taxes. ETFs have been a great solution for that. Whether you want to be invested just in large cap U.S. stocks and invest in something like SPY, which is going to give you nine basis point exposure in an institutional caliber portfolio, or whether you're trying to do something a little more interesting and play in the emerging markets, ETFs have been a great low cost tool to manage those portfolio yeah. allocations while minimizing your taxes. Dave Nadig, ETF Trends. He knows what's going on, and we're setting records, no doubt. Dave, thank you so much. Nice to see Cheers. you. Cheers. Thanks for having me.